Welcome to the Introverted Doctor Podcast, the podcast that uncovers myths, mistakes, and misconceptions that holds healthcare professionals back from living their best life at work, home, and play. I'm Dr. Lalit Chavla, and with each episode, I'll be focusing on different aspects such as communication techniques, mindset routines, tools, and strategies with the goal to show how to eliminate anxiety, trip-ups, and unwelcome results that come from ineffective communications. I didn't want to weigh in on the coronavirus and COVID-19 because that's all we've been hearing about currently, but people have been asking me about it in the clinic and also other doctors as well, and I think there are a few things that are worth noting that may not have been said or not said enough. So here are my key points to protect you and your family from the coronavirus and how to prepare for it. And I say this in no particular order. Firstly, there's been a lot of fear around this because of how rapidly it spreads and the consequences it can have. But what's so concerning is the level of fear that people are having and how they are reacting in certain pockets of society. I'm sure we've all heard of stories where people are stealing you know, masks and pushing pay- people to get toilet paper, etc., which really has been driven from fear. The key thing to note is that fear doesn't solve problems, but instead creates it. Fear is different than being concerned or level-headed. Fear blinds a person's ability to find solutions. Fear also results in acting foolishly and often regretfully. I know that when I've done things out of fear, I've regretted it and I wish I could have taken it back uh, because I was really having a scarcity mindset. So let's remember to dial it down and use common sense and have human dignity and respect in all situations. Now, bad behavior is really driven driven from a scarcity mentality, you know, as if there's not enough to go around, but there is if we're uh, smart about it. And we have to work calmly together in this time of concern. So I encourage you, and I remind myself, to not be scarcity driven. This virus is a test of how we will behave not only as a global community, but also as individuals, which ultimately impacts all of us and our major institutions, such as healthcare. The most vulnerable people, such as the elderly, homeless, poor, don't have the ability to stockpile supplies and take care of themselves. So when we misbehave, we're sacrificing their well-being. And I know most of you know this, but I say this as a reminder to all of us that we need to think and choose more wisely, more proactively, and compassionately. And I know I'm speaking to the converted, but um, plus we also have to behave as adults, uh, as an example for our children, because they're watching how we act and how will we behave. Will we behave compassionately or rudely? And we all need each other in this time. Secondly, fear and anxiety decreases our immune system and our ability to deal with infections. Many studies have shown this, 
one interesting study in the Psychosomatic Journal done by S. Cohen and colleagues, did in, which they did in 2003, looked at the emotional style and susceptibility to the common cold. Subjects were injected with a strain of cold virus, and then they looked at the individuals who were happier, in other words, not fearful, and they felt better and they had fewer symptoms of illness. In other words, they didn't get the typical respiratory symptoms that the unhappy group had. Does this mean that I'm being being very Pollyanna about this, meaning don't worry about things and be happy and carefree? Well, the answer is no. But there is excellent evidence that people who are calmer, more relaxed, healthier, and happier always do better physically. If you're in the medical profession, you know that to be the case. The mind-body connection is real. Positive people heal better and quicker. So that's one good thing that you really should be stocking up on. Stocking up on good attitude, uh, an attitude of patience, an attitude of kindness and gratitude. And I know some of you won't agree with this, but I hope this gives you a moment of pause to really think about it. And I know that there are many of you who totally understand this and live this way consistently. So consider this a reminder to keep doing the wonderful work that you're doing. And now, by no means am I advocating that we shouldn't be concerned or mindful and to prepare and to be doing the right things. But do it with respect and dignity and be calm and plan on. Thirdly, being in healthcare, I know my colleagues will agree with me on this, and that is we need to be mindful of how we're taking care of each other. But the public also has to respect the physical space and the equipment that belongs to the hospitals and clinics. You know, we're seeing, you know, stealing masks or other things will not help you if you're taking away from the very people that will be trying to provide the care for you and your loved ones or your friends. I won't even talk about the limited uh, effectiveness of those masks, but still, we need the proper protection for all the frontline healthcare professionals, such as the nurses, nurse practitioners, doctors, receptionists, and so on. And by stealing it, you are taking away from the people in hospital or clinics that are closer to the people with illnesses and the frontline staff. And if people behave the way they've been behaving with the toilet paper hoarding crisis of 2020 or stole or hoarded equipment from the hospital environment, then that's criminal and unethical in so many ways. So those type of people and that type of thinking, they really need to need to think things through before doing something silly or selfish. And I realize that this is not really going to be affecting most of you who are listening, but I did want to mention that, uh, that which I again think is driven from a scarcity mindset and not really just thinking. The, I mean, that really leads me to my next point, and that is common sense is uncommon. And we need to bring that back into play. And, you know, if you sometimes lack common sense, like I do with my wife and uh, doing household chores, I ask her, 
And she is more than willing to help me find common sense. So ask someone who you may who knows more than you do. And that really brings me to my next point, and that is point number four. Choose wisely the information you're seeing. There is an avalanche of information, and when there's too much information, it can create anxiety and confusion. Don't ignore information, but make sure you're not getting information from a source that may not be reputable. This is a time when we will be seeing if people respect the work of science and intelligence or whether we are more moved by personal opinions rather than scientific evidence. Science has made tremendous advancements in people's health and longevity, and sometimes we take that for granted and forget that. Simple revolutionary discoveries such as sterile techniques and hand washing is so vital, and we need to keep doing those type of things now. I mean, this is not a new thing, but washing your hands is proper use of common sense now. Now think about other things that you can do that aligns with that. Minimizing social contact, social isolation. This helps bring the intensity of how many people are exposed and helps minimize the outbreak significantly and protects the people who are vulnerable and at risk, such as elderly and the people who have weak immune systems or people who have chronic medical conditions. The other reason for social isolation is that we don't overburden the hospital system, whereby we cause it to collapse. It's not like we have an abundance of facilities and people to work there. That's what the whole purpose of flattening the curve or suppressing the surge of cases. If we do things well, we will minimize the effect of the coronavirus, and then we may have the other problem where we may ignorantly think, you know, what was all this hype all really about? And so let me get back to this other point about social isolation. Social social isolation doesn't mean it's a prison sentence. You know, even though schools have been canceled, events and travel plans have been canceled, and people's vacations have been put on hold, remember, things like music hasn't been canceled, laughter hasn't been canceled, time with family hasn't been canceled, the ability to read books, play games haven't been canceled, happiness hasn't been canceled, So let's look at what we have. It's all about where we put our energies and focus on. What you focus on grows. Also, eat well, sleep well, and drink plenty of water. Stay healthy. This is good old grandmotherly advice. But hey, they live to a ripe old age doing this. So that's worth considering. Simple things are often the best things to do. This COVID-19 event has made us look at the way we do things in a way that we've never did before. For example, coffee shops are not refilling personal uh, personal cups because they know it's not hygienic. So we need to think about those type of things. So there are some upsides that can come as a result of this. How we greet each other, you know, with a handshake may also be changing. In India, for centuries, people would put their hands and greet each other and say namaste with a slight little bow. 
this was actually a symbol of respect for the divinity in the other person and in turn for yourself. So there was a real significance of that. Also, I am not always constantly surprised at the poor habits people have by not even washing their hands properly or after they go to the washroom. I know many of you, many of you have probably said, yep, I've been in the restaurants or the airports, and I've seen it. So make sure you're washing your hands for at least 20 seconds thoroughly with water and with good water and soap and or an appropriate hand sanitizer. Now, you and one way to think about it is just you, you know, saying happy birthday and you don't need to do the funny extended version that we all like to do when it's somebody's birthday. But 20 seconds, that's an easy way. The other thing is that is really important is not to touch your face. I mean, this is very hard for many of us because we do this instinctively and we also do this in times of stress when we have our hands at our face. But when you touch your face, you know, it eases your tension. But it's also a good way of transmitting infection. So um, we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. So one way to limit that is by looking at what are your triggers and of doing that, increasing your awareness and taking a pause. And instead of touching your face, maybe touch your upper part of your chest and just thinking about things. If you have an itch, scratch it with tissue. The next point I want to reinforce is make sure you clean your cell phones, car keys, doorknobs, etc. daily, especially if you're in healthcare. They're like little petri dishes that just help spread germs. So uh, that is really important. And I'm going to say this again, more than ever, eat healthier, drink at least two liters of water a day, get enough sleep, find joy, get exercise, get fresh air and do things appropriately and find laughter in your day. That's how you should plan on, okay? Um, the other thing, use common sense. But that's hard for many of us because as the old saying goes, common sense is uncommon. Think more consciously about the things you're doing. Do you need to do something versus wanting to do something? Do you really need to gather or have the conference or event with a lot of people? Do you really need to take all that those inclusive trips to tropical islands right now? Most of us have canceled it. I mean, you know, uh, in, in several weeks, you'll forget about this whole event and it'll be all like amnesia to you. So all I'm saying is, you know, kind of get over the fact that we've had to miss conferences or events. We've all had to. I've had to... Uh, not attend some conferences that I was going to be speaking at. And, you know, I'm, I'm just getting over it. We're just like, it's, an, it's a fact, and we're just going to move on. But most importantly, if you're sick or have symptoms that are mild, don't visit the elderly or other people. Have some respect for yourself and others. And also think about whether you need to come into a health institution. If you have any questions, call your healthcare provider. Nervousness and anxiety is not going to help the situation, especially in the healthcare sector. Healthcare providers are working calmly and diligently 
to not only provide care, but they're also figuring out ways to plan for this. And we also have to remember that they're also taking care of people who are chronically ill, and they still have the same, uh, we still have the same issues that will, the medical issues that will come up. And if we overstress them and the system, then everyone suffers. So use common sense. If you're unsure, call uh, somebody who can help you. So in summary, take time to respect and take care of your own energy and other, other people's energy. And be mindful, respectful, and let's dial the anxiety down. Be calm and do things the right way. This, situa- this situation will pass. And so really, my motto is stay calm and plan on. May good health and happiness be with you and your family. And if you think this uh, episode might benefit anybody, feel free to uh, pass it on and share it. Uh, more for as a public service announcement. And, uh, and let's make our community healthier, more than we've ever had. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a great day. And we will talk to you again soon.